the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. This final chapter of Jeremiah is here to remind us that God's Word always comes to pass. His Word is always fulfilled. Jesus said every jot and every tittle will be fulfilled. He's talking about the markings on the letters. All of it, every prophecy of God's word will be fulfilled. It will come to pass. Jesus also said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The things around you are constantly changing. Friends come and go. Family members pass away. People move and change jobs. Nothing seems to remain the same. But Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. In today's message, Pastor Dan will remind us that in an ever-changing world, God's Word remains steady and true. The Word of the Lord is never failing, and all that He has declared and promised will come to pass. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 52, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We've come to the end of the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 52 is an epilogue to the book of Jeremiah. It was written after the fall of Jerusalem and Judah. Most of what Jeremiah says in this chapter, he has said before, and it's a repeat of details that we've already seen. In fact, it's almost exactly lifted out of chapter 39. And from 2 Kings chapters 24 and 25. In this chapter, he details the destruction of Jerusalem and Judah. And the purpose of this chapter is to show the accuracy of Jeremiah's prophecy concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Jeremiah declared the word of God to the people of Jerusalem for over 40 years. For over 40 years, he warned them to repent of their sin and rebellion and turn back to God or face the judgment of God at the hands of the Babylonians. For more than 40 years, all Jeremiah did was speak God's word to the nation and no one listened to him. Everyone ignored him. They didn't heed his warnings. If you remember early in his ministry, He would speak at the gate to the temple as the people were going into the temple to worship. And the people just kind of saw Jeremiah as a nuisance initially. And they ignored him. And they ignored his words. They dismissed him. 
And Jeremiah persisted in his ministry and he was faithful to continue to preach the word to the nation even though they were just ignoring him. Eventually the people turned against Jeremiah and eventually the people plotted to kill Jeremiah for declaring God's truth to the nation. If you remember, it was people from his own hometown that plotted to kill Jeremiah for preaching God's truth. And then later, Jeremiah was thrown into prison for preaching God's word. He was viewed by his fellow countrymen as a traitor. But ultimately, everything that Jeremiah said would happen did happen. Everything Jeremiah warned them about came to pass. Judah and Jerusalem were conquered and destroyed by the Babylonians. And in the end, and this is important, Jeremiah was vindicated. In the end, Jeremiah was vindicated. And this final chapter of Jeremiah is here to remind us that God's word always comes to pass. His word is always fulfilled. Jesus said, every jot and every tittle will be fulfilled. He's talking about the markings on the letters. All of it. Every prophecy of God's word will be fulfilled. It will come to pass. Jesus also said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And so chapter 52 is a review of the fall of Judah and Jerusalem, demonstrating the fulfillment of God's word and the vindication of Jeremiah. After 40 years of faithfully declaring God's word to the nation, Jeremiah is vindicated here in the end. Verse 1 says, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. That's a different Jeremiah. And so here we go back to Zedekiah, the king of Judah. Zedekiah was the last king of Judah before the final destruction by the Babylonians. If you're a note taker, 2 Kings 25 verse 17 tells us that Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, he conquered the kingdom of Judah and he placed Zedekiah on the throne over Judah as a puppet king. And Zedekiah was supposed to be loyal to Babylon and loyal to Nebuchadnezzar. And he was ordered to pay tribute money to the Babylonians. And as long as he paid the tribute money to Babylon... Babylon would leave him alone and leave the people of Judah alone to live their lives. Archaeologists have found the Babylonian records of Zedekiah's payments, the tribute that he was ordered to pay. They've actually found records of his payments, and the records indicate that Zedekiah paid, quote, heavy tribute to Babylon. It was literally heavy because he paid with gold and silver. And it weighed a lot. That's why it's referred to as heavy tribute. He paid a lot of money in tribute to Babylon. And again, I like to point out those archaeological discoveries because they remind us that the Bible is true history. It's about real people and real events that really happen. It's not a book of fictional stories. It's real people and real events. So Zedekiah is the king. He's placed on the throne by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Verse 2 says, He also did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim 
had done. Now, if you turn back to Second Chronicles chapter 36 for me, Second Chronicles 36 describes the evil that Zedekiah did. Second Chronicles 36, verse 11. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord his God. Here's what he did. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet, who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear an oath by his God, by Yahweh. But he stiffened his neck, and hardened his heart against turning to the Lord God of Israel. He was unrepentant. Moreover, all the leaders of the priests and the people transgressed more and more, according to all the abominations of the nations, the heathen nations. They started doing the things that the heathen nations did. And they defiled the house of the Lord, which he had consecrated in Jerusalem. They brought in their idolatry into the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, into the temple. And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, the prophets, rising up early and sending them because God had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place, the temple. But they mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words and scoffed at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy, meaning nothing could be done to prevent God's judgment. They reached the point of no return. And there was no way of escaping God's judgment. There was no remedy. There was nothing they could do to get out of it. Therefore, verse 17, he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans, that's Babylon, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary in the temple and had no compassion on young man or virgin, on the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand and all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king and of his leaders. All these he took to Babylon And then they burned the house of God. They broke down the wall of Jerusalem. They burned all its palaces with fire and destroyed all its precious possessions. And those who escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. Remember, the Medo-Persians conquer the Babylonian empire and they rise to power. Verse 21, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. So they were carried away into captivity in Babylon for 70 years. So we're told here in Second Chronicles 36 of the evil of Zedekiah. He was not willing to listen to God's word through Jeremiah and the other messengers of God. Instead, he mocked God's word, he disregarded God's word, he stiffened his neck, he hardened his heart against turning to the Lord, he broke the oath that he made in God's name to Babylon, he was unrepentant, he failed to restrain the leaders and the priests from defiling the temple with idolatry. And so what did God do? Well, back in Jeremiah chapter 52, verse 3, we're told, 
God finally cast them out of his presence. God had had enough. He reached a point. God is long-suffering. He's patient. He's merciful. But there's a point. There's a point. And they finally reached that point. And so God cast them out of his presence. Go back to chapter 52. Look at verse 3. For because of the anger of the Lord. He's slow to anger, the Bible says. God is slow to anger, but they angered the Lord. Because of the anger of the Lord, this happened in Jerusalem and Judah till he finally cast them out from his presence. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. How does he rebel against the king of Babylon? He stops paying his tribute money. Right? And that communicates a message to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. I'm no longer submitting to you. The check is not in the mail. (laughs) And so he rebelled against Babylon. Now, back in chapter 32, you don't have to turn there, but you can note this. Back in chapter 32, Jeremiah warned Zedekiah that he would not succeed in his rebellion against Babylon. That it's not going to work. So what did Zedekiah the king do? He arrested Jeremiah and threw him into prison. And everybody viewed Jeremiah as a traitor. And he was put in prison for speaking the truth. They tried to silence Jeremiah. You know, in Romans chapter 1, it talks about how the unrighteous and the wicked suppress the truth of God. They suppress the truth of God. They don't want to hear the truth. So they silence the truth or they ignore the truth. They try to stop the truth. They suppress the truth. That's exactly what Zedekiah did by throwing Jeremiah into prison. He's suppressing the truth. Verse 4 says, now it came to pass, notice the detail here, in the ninth year of his reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it, and they built a siege wall against it all around, so the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah, By the fourth month, on the ninth day of the month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. I want you to notice here how we are told the exact year, month, and day that that's recorded for us. Critics of the Bible say that the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is just a bunch of made-up fables. That doesn't read like a made-up story, does it? I mean, they're telling you the year, the month, and the day. It doesn't say once upon a time, does it? 
It doesn't say a long, long time ago and a land far, far away. It gives you the exact day of when these events took place, which just lends to or testifies to this being historical. And notice in verse 4 the description. The Babylonian army encamped against the city of Jerusalem and they built a siege wall all around it. I think in our minds sometimes we try to picture this. We picture the Babylonian army you know, charging against the city and trying to climb up over the walls and tear down the walls and battering rams and, and everything like that. That's not what they would do in the ancient world. In the ancient world, what they would do is very common in warfare. When they went to attack a city, they would first build a wall around the city out of just rocks and dirt. And they would enclose the city in a wall. And they would set up military encampments around the city. And they did this to prevent anyone from leaving the city and escaping and to prevent anyone from entering the city. And more importantly, the purpose was to prevent any food or supplies from getting into the city. If they could find the water source, they would cut off the water source to the city. And so they would enclose the city in a wall. They'd encamp their soldiers all around. They'd cut off the food supply. They'd cut off the water supply. And then they would wait. So don't get this picture in your mind of like the Babylonian army charging after the city and firing their arrows and spears and, and everything. That, that would come, but only after they would surround the city, cut off the food, cut off the water, and they would just wait. In the ancient world, armies were very patient in battle. And they would just wait and they would starve out the people in the city. And they would wait until the people inside the city were too weak to fight and defend themselves. Then they would attack the city. And that's what's described here. This, if you read it again, the way that it's described here, they built the wall around them, all around. They built a siege wall against it all around, verse 4. They encamped against it. That's what's described here in verses 4, 5, in six, in verse six, we're told it was the fourth month on the ninth day of the month. The famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. The siege of Jerusalem lasted 18 months. And so the army of Babylon just camped outside the city for 18 months and starved out the people. And it took 18 months for the people inside the city of Jerusalem to run out of food. Again, verse 6 says that it became so severe in the city because there was no food for the people of the land. Back in Jeremiah 19.9, we're told that the people in Jerusalem resorted to cannibalism during the siege. It says in Jeremiah 19.9, they even ate their own children. That's how desperate it became inside the city. Typically, more people died from famine and pestilence in the city than from the battle itself. And once the army attacked the city, it was uncontested virtually. Verse 6, it was the fourth month. On the ninth day of the month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. When you go to Israel, one of the places we go to is a place called Masada. 
And when you go up to Masada, you can still see the siege wall that the Roman army built around Masada in the first century AD. And the wall is still there in their encampments. You can still see them there around Masada. It says in verse 7, Then the city wall was broken through, and all the men of war fled and went out of the city at night by way of the gate between the two walls, which was by the king's garden. Notice the detail here, which testifies to the authenticity of this. Even though the Chaldeans were near the city all around, they had encircled the city, the king and some of his soldiers and his family They all left. They were able to flee from the city and they were able to escape. And they went out, it says, by the way of the plain. Again, in verse 6, we're told that that this was on the, in the fourth month, on the ninth day of the month. It was the ninth of Av in the Jewish calendar, which corresponds roughly with our month of July. And on the ninth day of Av, Jerusalem fell. It's on the ninth day of Av that Jews even today read chapter 52 and the book of Lamentations in their synagogues all over the world to commemorate and remember the fall and destruction of Jerusalem to the Babylonians. So the king Zedekiah, his family, some of his leaders and military, they managed to escape out of the city at night. They head, it says at the end of verse 7, toward the plain. That's the plain of Jericho. It says in verse 8, But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him at that point. So he's, he's alone with his family at that point when the Babylonian army catches up with him. They capture him in the plain of Jericho. So they took the king And they brought him up to the king of Babylon in Riblah in the land of Hamath. And he pronounced judgment on him there. And so Zedekiah and his family, they managed to get out of the city of Jerusalem. They managed to get through that siege wall and pass the Babylonian army. And they escaped the city without falling into the hands of the Babylonians. And we're told here they make it all the way out to the plain of Jericho. Now when you go outside the city of Jerusalem... Heading that direction, you go down through the Kidron Valley, you go up the Mount of Olives, and right on the other side of the Mount of Olives is the Judean wilderness. And so as soon as Zedekiah and his family get outside the city, they're in the Judean wilderness. Desert. The Judean wilderness is very rugged, rough, mountainous desert. And Zedekiah and his family managed to make it through the Judean wilderness out to the plain of Jericho, which is flat desert. It's about a 20-mile journey from Jerusalem out to the plain of Jericho. And that's where he gets caught. Again, in verse 8, the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king. They overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. They take him to the king of Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar in Riblah, and the land of Hamath, that was in Syria, to the north. That's where Nebuchadnezzar set up his headquarters while he was coordinating this military campaign in this part of the world. He's operating that out of Riblah. And so they take him to the king of Babylon in Riblah, verse 10. Then the king of Babylon killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. 
The book of Jeremiah entails many prophecies given to the people of Israel, but they weren't just commands of judgment and consequence. Within these pages, Jeremiah gives insight into the coming promises that Jesus would offer by coming and fulfilling a new covenant of redemption for all people. What's interesting is that Jeremiah poured his heart and soul out as he wrote this book. It wasn't just a dry dissertation of what people should do or what should come about. Jeremiah was a living and breathing person during the time of siege and exile, and he felt deeply for the people and nation he was a part of. His empathy for his kinsmen should resonate with you as you're part of a larger group of people in a nation and ultimately part of God's family. Is there a stirring within you to see those who are lost come to have a saving knowledge of Christ? If so, you might be able to relate to Jeremiah more than you thought. If you're enjoying this series through the book of Jeremiah and would like to hear more teachings, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. In addition to listening to these teachings, you can access more information about the church behind this ministry. Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. As a church, our heart is geared towards spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with. And we welcome anyone to worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. For service times and location, check out calvaryec.com. Thanks for joining us today. Next time, we'll continue looking at the book of Jeremiah here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.